0: Five, loading. Four.
1: Into Sheringham. I'm so sorry, sure
0: Sonny. Three, almost there. Two. Cross
1: and that sees tonight again. And Donovan
0: is gone. Oh, can you believe this? One. Here we go. Now. now. Introducing Sunday League Finest podcast with your host David Donis and Roberto O. B. Hernandez
1: what's up everybody welcome to another fine episode of what sunday league's finest we're here with your boy Obi and david donis what's up david
0: what's up this heavy d what's going on y'all
1: <laughs> hey we're just gonna keep uh spitting out nicknames every week until we find one that's very very good so let us know what hey
0: you. everyone's like what the hell are they called <laughs> <laughs> they don't even know our our, our, our names, they don't so. our names.
1: Uh that's just what it is. We're trying to figure out, you know, heavy D, what was the other one? Uh small small pecker. Oh I mean what? (laughs)
0: Hey, who have you been talking to? (laughs) Um
1: hope you guys are having a great start to your week. Uh hope you had a good weekend. David, how was yours?
0: Yeah, man, it was it was uh it was a good weekend. I went to Six Flags. Um so me and the fiance, she uh she's from Arizona, so she doesn't have a Six Flags. So, you know, I live 20, mi- 20 miles from one. Um, so for her birthday uh, this year, I got her uh, season passes. So we went for the first time this year. It was hot as hell. Um, but it wasn't, it wasn't too crowded, not too bad. Um, you know, we don't have any, really any COVID restrictions anymore. So we're just, uh, you know, acting like two normal people at a theme park.
1: Was there any, at least like a mask or anything or just... Hell to, no. to the no. It just whatever, no. come. Come yeah, and enjoy I park. mean, the park. We're not yeah, even going to disinfect. Dude. We're not going to do anything.
0: I mean, they had like hand sanitizer stations and um I mean, I didn't see a lot of cleaning, but I mean, it's a theme park. But the majority of it's outdoors, like maybe indoors, but um I mean, if you're yeah, out out and about outdoors, I mean, you're pretty you're pretty safe, bro.
1: Seems like a fun time. Did you get um, you know, what do they call it, chub rub? From all the walking and sweating,
0: <laughs> a little bit at the end, uh, they have uh, oh, it's called Hurricane Harbor there now. So after uh, a couple hours of being out in the sun, we went there and we cooled off and they had like a wave pool and stuff. So it was nice. It was chill.
1: Oh, so you guys actually got in the water? That's cool.
0: Yeah, yeah. So it was it was it was fun. What about you? Uh, what would you get into this weekend?
1: A lot of fun. A lot of fun. Uh, you know, UFC fight Saturday was my grandma's, our grandma's ninety second birthday so that was pretty cool uh david's little brother came into town as well um we enjoyed it you know uh, my cousin graduated from high school had a little celebration on sunday so just partying it up all weekend long uh definitely definitely was a little hard one to get up on uh monday morning and get going and start working (laughs) again but it is what it is and uh we we have uh devoted fans that are ready to listen to us so I, i said we have to do this david
0: we have to We have to, man. Hey, uh, did you like the card?
1: Of UFC? Heck yeah, dude. That thing was fantastic. Shout out to Brandon Moreno, the first Mexican-born UFC champion. Dude, I was inciting. Nate Diaz getting it done. Well, almost getting it done, but I mean (laughs) mean getting it done in the sense of like entertaining us, right? Um, Yeah. The only dude that lost, that still is a people's champion. Uh, Everyone loved it. I was entertained the entire time.
0: Yeah, definitely an entertaining fight. Uh, you know, Nate Diaz and Nick Diaz always they do a lot of crazy uh stuff when they're fighting, so it's never boring, that's for sure.
1: Yeah, definitely, definitely. Um a lot of soccer this weekend too. We gotta watch a lot of it, so let's get into let's, let's go, do it, Mijo. Let's get into this. It's time for MLS roundup. All right, so it's time for the MLS, David. Give us a little roundup.
0: All right, time for MLS roundup. Um, So uh, let's start this off, man. So we we have some cousins uh, that are from Charlotte, and it's kind of gotten our radar because they were telling us about how much they were paying for their season tickets. And me and you were like, what the heck is going on, man? Are you sure you guys are reading the numbers right? Um, So uh, an article came out, and pretty much Charlotte FC, man, they're going to have pretty much the highest season tickets of any MLS team. What do you think about that, bro?
1: Well, before we get into that, tell everybody how much it's going to be. So that way they kind of have it in their minds, you know, exactly what we're talking about. Give them a ballpark figure.
0: All right, all right. So the cheapest season tickets for Charlotte FC is going to be 630 bucks. Now, that's not the part that's crazy because just with that number, they would be the third most expensive. So not too bad. But the thing that they're doing, that I don't know of any other MLS team that has done this, uh, so I don't know if you know, but they also have PSLs, which is something usually the NFL does, which is pretty much a, a seat license, and that's $350. Um, so when you put that together, that's 980 making it by far the most expensive uh, season ticket, I believe. Uh, the per ticket price would be 20 bucks more than the next MLS team
1: that's insane to me um obviously most mls teams have 17 home games you sometimes get more depending on open cup um you know champions league if you're in any of that but dude for a team that hasn't started for a team that we don't even know if it's actually going to be you know good in the sense of attendance that's insane and and what is the most expensive ticket and like what's that compared to the rest of MLS?
0: Well, the most you're saying the most expensive without the PSL? No, oh, with. Well, that's why I don't I don't think anybody else. Well, maybe Austin FC might do it, but um, it shows the average ticket price for Austin FC, which is the most expensive is 36 bucks. And then uh, Charlotte technically would be 35, but with the PSL it it boosts it up by another 20, so um yeah, I mean they're pretty high up there, dude.
1: And so you're talking about if you wanted, you know, Maybe seats mid height, you know, center of the stadium, center field, right at midfield. It's gonna cost you probably like what two grand or a little bit more than that for season tickets and everything included.
0: Yeah, man. If I do my math correctly. Yeah, we're um, not math
1: majors, but we're hoping we did everything (laughs) correct.
0: I mean, that's the yeah, that's the cheapest. So, um, like you know, we were mentioning our cousins. um, Shout out to Emmy and Evie and Debbie. they didn't buy the cheapest one. So when they were telling us how much they were, they were spending, I was like, dude, that's like buying three sets of season tickets for uh, LA Galaxy.
1: Dude, I can like quadruple my price for season ticket members, and it doesn't even match one of their their tickets. Now, granted, obviously, I'm not uh, fancy. I'm not uh, sitting at uh, midfield, but it's insane. Yeah, our jaw literally dropped, and they told us we had to do a little bit more research for this. It's, I mean... Like like the article said, are they pricing out, you know, their fans? And especially the average fans. For example, Galaxy has a lot of fans that, let's be honest, they're not diehard fans. But it's a typical Saturday night, maybe Sunday evening game. Hey, anything else going on? No, let's go to the Galaxy game, right? Tickets are 20 bucks, 15 if you go even mezzanine, depending on the game. Now the average fan, I know it's season tickets, but it seems like the, the average ticket is going to be a little bit pricey for, you know, not maybe not for the individual, but as a family, you know, if you have a family of four, which is the typical household.
0: Yeah, I mean, it, it, it's it's pretty crazy. Um, Cause I just the, obviously the fans aren't taking too kindly to it, and um, I just feel like uh, they're not gonna get as many season ticket holders because of it. So, is it really beneficial in the long run? If let's say you could have had, if you would have dropped the price and not had PSLs, you would have let's say I don't know, twenty five thousand season ticket holders. But now you have 15 because of that, you know, what's 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 better.
1: And the crazy thing is, is that the owners already said they want to build a new stadium, right? They don't want to play in the Carolina Panther Stadium. So now your seat licenses aren't even going to transfer over. So you're buying a seat license that potentially I don't know how long it takes. So they actually go forward with that. But maybe six years from now, you're going to have to repurchase a new seat license and do it all over again. So it's pretty insane.
0: Yeah, so, obviously, it, just, it looks like they're trying to, obviously, recoup their um, MLS expansion investment, uh, but, I mean, you're gonna make money, dude. Charlotte's, Charlotte's excited. I don't think they're gonna have any issues putting butts in the seats, but, yeah, I mean, to, to, a PSL, dude, come on now.
1: Yeah, it's it's insane, but, um, I mean, <laughs> Charlotte's been making headlines, you know, signings, and... Uh... One thing you got to give it to them is their their social media team, huh? Christian Fuchs or whatever his name is and the hashtag <laughs> no given. Got to be yeah, careful they, how you pronounce that.
0: Now they just need Conor McGregor to uh, say something.
1: There you go. There you go. Hey, that's a good one, dude. If they take that idea, we'll sue them. <laughs> <laughs> Copyright, hey, trademark, whatever yeah. it is
0: really quick before we move on so just for uh, comparison purposes like you mentioned um, the average price for galaxy for season tickets is 20 bucks a game oh. um, so you guys are actually like fifth from the bottom but my question is like how the heck does galaxy survive with that when the cost of living in the LA area is so expensive dude
1: It's called Smart Investments, called Rich Owner. It's called uh, Fans Are Loyal. We buy the merchandise. We buy a lot of stuff at the games. All the small things add up.
0: That's true. I remember uh, the whole thing with Atlanta United where they were lowering the uh, food prices. And they were saying that they were actually making more money because people were buying more than if they had it super expensive. And the other thing is I'm pretty
1: sure we get a lot of money in sponsorships deals, right? Because LA Galaxy is a known uh, club around the world like i'm not saying compared to any of the bigger clubs but still known so our sponsorship money is probably really well and to top it off we actually win mls cups you know so that money <laughs> it helps out are
0: you guys are you guys still selling them shakes
1: uh Herbalife. yeah dude yeah i'm on it right now that's how i'm gonna lose weight
0: <laughs> it's obviously not working <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh,
1: that's why we I don't do smart. uh video guys we only do audio <laughs>
0: Let's move on. So, um, obviously, we were, have a lot of international soccer. So, this past weekend, there was one sole MLS game, and I still didn't watch it. <laughs> 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 not because I didn't want to, just things, you know, obviously I was at Six Flags. So, but it was 40 KC versus Austin, um, Austin FC, 1 uh, 1 draw um, in Kansas City. So, uh, you know, Austin continuing to just chuckle on. Not doing anything too amazing but not doing too terrible either so um you know i don't have much on that game what about you huh
1: yeah just the same uh i mean they're not horrible right now they're definitely not as bad as like fc cincinnati and minnesota when they first came into the league so they're trucking along we'll see how they do um new head coach still so ah we'll see but moving along from that uh some other mls news is they finally announced well, they were supposed to do it during COVID, but obviously COVID pushed it back in 2020. MLS All-Stars versus Liga MX All-Stars. If you guys don't know Ooh. what Liga MX is, it's uh, the Mexican League, um, you know, first uh, division in Mexico, and they're going to play at the the Stank of California, the Bank of California, <laughs> LAFC <laughs> Stadium. Um, that's an interesting one right there because their sponsor actually pulled out, Bank of California. They terminated their deal, so I don't know how long, much longer it's going to be called that. But August 25th, the showdown is real. Let's see what happens. Are you excited about it, dude? I'm. I, I mean, we've been looking forward to something like this for a long time, so I'm pretty excited.
0: Yeah, I mean, I've been calling, I've been saying it for a while that the current setup of, uh, you know, the MLS All Stars playing, team, the top teams from around the world, and they usually bring their B team anyways. It's like who else can you play that you haven't already played? Um, I think it was a money grab, but in terms of more competitiveness yeah this is the best bet and obviously you know the mexico u.s rivalry is, is huge and the funny thing is we, you know, we have two big mexican stars in mls with carlos vela and chicharito so it's it's also going to be very interesting to see that dyna- dynamic
1: i think it's definitely going to be an all-star uh like not all-star uh, uh sold out weekend um in the sense of, are they going to do all the skill challenges again like they were planning to
0: that's what I heard, so okay. that, that, that's dope, too, because I think that's what we missed from the old MLS uh, our star, All-Star Weekends. Yeah,
1: um, so it's going to be an interesting one because Liga Mekis has never really done an All-Star thing at all. So having a, an All-Star, you know, see how it runs, see how their teams, you know, what do they think about it? If they actually send their players or the players opt out, you know, the MLS has that rule that if you opt out, you have to miss the next game, right? Um, so it'll be interesting if they're able to actually get all their stars together and then it puts, I mean, credibility goes on the line again. If, if Liga MX beats us and everyone's going to be like, see, they're the better league. It's, it, you know, they proved it. So it's going to be a fun one, a fun rivalry one. And I'm sure it's going to hey, be for years to come.
0: You know, what's going to be interesting is, um, who they select as their coach. And then, you know, obviously the big, uh, rivalry in Mexico is Chivas and uh, America. And depending on how many players he selects from each team, if there's like a huge uproar about that,
1: yeah, we'll see. We'll see uh, exactly what goes on, but it's going to be pretty exciting to see. i um, like I said, the stadium is going to be sold out, and uh, I wonder what the the numbers are going to look like for a TV audi- audience.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think it's I think it's going to be the biggest. The only you know, thing I'm worried in about in the ten years. The only thing yeah. I'm
1: worried about is if it does get a lot of momentum, does that give them more of a Let's merge
0: the leagues together. Uh, nah, dude. I hope not. That, I don't really think that's ever going to happen because I, I just, I don't know. I don't see that. I mean, FIFA's
1: encouraging it.
0: Yeah, FIFA encourages anything that involves money. Exactly, like
1: that <laughs> World Cup in Qatar.
0: Hey, but uh, yeah, no kidding. The only thing that concerns me about this is, um, you know, obviously we talked about it, that MLS is very top-heavy when it comes to spending, so... You know our strikers and midfielders are where all the money spend. That the defense isn't, and you know with MLS All Star games, what they usually do is they they have, they come out with a a team a first team, and then in the second half they sub out everybody and come out with a B team, right? And the B team has always been more like a D team, honestly, you know, and that's what concerns me is if they do that where. We have an MLS B team come out against Mexico's B team, and I just think Mexico's B team is just going to thrash us.
1: Maybe they won't do it this year. Maybe they'll take it a little bit more serious. Uh, there's a lot of pride on the line. so That's know. what I'm hoping. We'll see. Um, you know, there was a friendly this past week in Mexico, Honduras, and that thing was pretty sold out. Can you tell me uh, where it was, David?
0: I don't know. Some crappy stadium. I'm just kidding. The best stadium in the world, Mercedes-Benz, baby.
1: Dude, it's crazy that they for that game they decided to open up fully, right?
0: 70,000 know, and, and they sold the it out. Um it is it, cool and I'm over here and I'm over here having to buy expensive tickets because they don't want to open up the entire bowl. It's
1: cuz they don't like you, dude. They only care about making money. Um so they anyways, we'll go into that later, but Mercedes-Benz, one thing I do criticize the Mercedes-Benz on is I'm not a big fan of turf, but if you're gonna do turf, at least make it look nice. It looks all worn out. I, I'm not. I'm not saying it is obviously, but it looks all worn out. The pattern on it looks ugly. Yeah.
0: You know what's weird? Because when that when they first like we're building it, they were saying this turf was gonna be like top of the line turf or something. But yeah, when you look on a TV, it looks it looks bluish, not like green. Yeah. Um, and I, I yeah I don't like it either, and I mean I don't know how much they spent on that, so who knows if they're I mean, gonna fix
1: it. Maybe it is top level turf. It just, just went with a different color. I don't know. Um, maybe they went to like already faded, so when it fades, it doesn't look that bad. I don't know, but we'll see. I'm gonna come
0: uh, out there, some spray paint yeah, bottles and
1: just go ham. Yeah, speaking about that, the MLS is gonna be back in action this weekend. So can you let us know who Atlanta United is playing?
0: Man, Philadelphia, the guys that. We crashed out in the uh, CONCACAF Champions. Coaches are going
1: to go at it again, dude.
0: Yeah, I know. We'll be at home, and obviously, uh, you know, we we had a, a huge break after dominating Nashville and losing 2-0. and they came back and we lost. We lost. It's a loss to us, but it was tied two two in the last, you know, in five minutes of the last eight and uh, eightieth minute. Um, so, we so it still looks like there's there's a
1: sprinkle of uh, Frank de Boer, right He did that almost <laughs> this past weekend, two zero up came back uh Ukraine tied it two two and then they barely won three to two. so Damn, Frank de de Boer's footprints still there
0: <laughs> yeah, no kidding we'll we'll talk more about that later, but um uh, man we we just we need we need a a win especially at home um you know in mls it's so important to do well when you're playing at home but some news from around atlanta is um our our midfielder hyman who's been starting regularly has been pretty consistent tears his acl in practice um so obviously that's a big hit um and then also you know it's the the copa america is not going to take a break so we're going to be without joseph martinez um Um, And I'm not sure even if is going to be back because he was with under-23s too. So um, it's going to be a pretty difficult way back. And that goes for all the other must teams that may have uh, players playing in the Copa America.
1: It's going to be interesting because once the Gold Cup happens, a lot of players are going to be missing. Yeah, it's going to be a depleted summer for a lot of these teams. So now we're going to see who's the best team from top to bottom, right? Who has a depth coming off or potentially who are the worst teams that just consistently have their starters that aren't good enough for national teams, and now they're going to take advantage. So it's going to be an interesting couple of weeks. Um, kind of shifting gears, and uh, not really shifting, but speaking about the better team of the two, LA Galaxy. So LA Galaxy is back in action this Saturday versus Seattle. Um, obviously, that's a great matchup. They had our number last game uh, when they first met. They beat us 3-0. We're back home. It's actually gonna be the first game that Galaxy opens up to full capacity. And uh we're taking advantage mm-hmm. of it. Shout out to my cousin Eric. Forty-three extra people we're bringing to the game, just us, and we're gonna have Damn. a huge tailgate. We're we're here, we're ready, we're loud and proud.
0: Now all of a sudden you guys don't care about COVID.
1: No, we're gonna social distance at the tailgate.
0: Yeah. Right. Hey, throw me a cafe asada. You get like a slingshot.
1: Yeah, we're gonna have a taco lady actually. It's gonna be amazing, dude. <laughs> Um, yeah, we're vaccinated, though, up. not not like in the South. Yeah, I don't want to grow a six-toe. I <laughs> grew something, but, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, dude, uh, so that's enough for the MLS. Uh, but, David, let's go into the counterparts, the NWSL. They've been on a little break as well, but some news around the league. San Diego is getting an NWSL team led by none other than Jill Ellis, the former U.S. Women's National Team. Um, She won't be the coach, though. She's going to be the president. I'm paraphrasing her quote here, but she said basically she's been 30 years on the touchline. She's had an amazing career, and now she wants to give opportunities to other people to kind of come in and take a role she says she's going to hire the a female gm and a female coach so a lot of male coaches don't even bother putting in your application you're not going to get it <laughs> <laughs> um so that's that's what they're going towards it's awesome uh, good opportunity san diego personally is one of my favorite cities um it's going to be interesting to see you know they've had that failed you know uh what do they call it soccer city when they try to get the mls team it didn't work out but now they have two professional teams one in nisa one in uh, USL, and then now the NWSL. They're gonna kick off the same time as Angel City, um, soccer club or whatever they call themselves again. Uh, <laughs> and they're gonna come in the spring of twenty twenty two. So, David, what are your thoughts? First, let me just get your thoughts on you know NWSL expansion and to San Diego.
0: Yeah, I mean, uh, more more soccer cities around the uh, around the countries is always a positive. So especially for the women. Um, I thought you were gonna say that Jill Ellis was gonna hire Ron Burgundy for a second.
1: Uh, <laughs> Ron Burgundy, dude, <laughs> stay classy, San Diego. <laughs>
0: um, but nah, yeah, that's that's awesome. And obviously, Jill Ellis uh, obviously she knows she's, she's been in the soccer community, has a pedigree. So, uh, props to San Diego, I hope it's successful.
1: Now, here's a crazy thing: it's led by Ron Burkle, not not Ron Burgundy. <laughs> Um, he is the same guy who was the lead investor in the Sacramento MLS slash, you know, NWSL bid. And, you know, that he was the main reason why they got it. And then he pulled out just, you know, we've covered it drastically over our podcast about is Sacramento still going to get the MLS? Is it going somewhere else? Well, it looks like San Diego is one of those cities. I don't know if it's official bid transfer or whatever, but he's the lead investor again. so. I'm kind of skeptical now. Reading that, is this one actually going to happen?
0: Hey, maybe it's just a ploy to try to get that uh, a different MLS expansion the whole time.
1: He's going to bring the MLS to San Diego. He's actually currently being sued um, for a breach of contract by a consulting group that basically helped him, like you know, on all the stadium project, and they said they haven't been paid yet. So I think they're suing him for like two point five million Jeez. or two point four million. So we'll see what goes on there, but. Hopefully, he doesn't pull out this time, and uh, we'll see. Apparently, he's a big-time billionaire. He has a house in San Diego on Black Beach that's worth like $64.5 million. It's insane.
0: So, what you're trying to say is he's kind of a big deal.
1: Apparently, apparently. This is the first time <laughs> I heard about him, but no. Nah. <laughs> um, but, yeah, so hopefully everything works out and the uh, NWSL continues expansion across the country. Yeah, man. David, let's go into no. your favorite subject, dude. Americans abroad, and international. It
0: sure is a it sure is a good time to be an American, um, isn't it, Obi? America. It's just It just feels good right now. So, obviously, we had a big clash against Mexico where the U.S. came out triumphantly. Um, and then, for some reason, U.S. and Mexico decided to play each other's opposite teams that they played in the semifinals. So, U.S. played Costa Rica, uh, won 4-0, um, a pretty, I mean, it was a U.S. just pretty much dominated the game. Um And I, I know there was um, a, a questionable PK on Gio Jarena, but uh, it is what it is. He still dominated the game. Um Something I wanted to bring up that happened during the week is um, after we all saw um, McKenzie in the game against Mexico, he gave up that pass early on in the game that let Me- Mexico have uh, the opening goal. And all these all made a lot of mistakes in the game. And we were both surprised that he stayed in um, the entire game, even in overtime. Um, But no matter what a player does on the field, you should never, um, you know, direct racial comments towards a player. And unfortunately it happened. Um, So I just wanted to bring that up, say that that's a, you know, those people are a piece of crap, but it's also online. So we know how trolls are that people just want to come out and say horrible stuff. And, uh, he did mention that it, it came both from, you know, all kinds of people. So it wasn't just U.S. supporters. It was probably a, a variety of people. Uh, but either way, uh, it's 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 it sucks.
1: Yeah, it's definitely unacceptable, dude. I mean, you could comment about how the player's playing. You could be like, oh, he sucks. He's not up to par. He shouldn't be starting. But to go into, you know, racial comments or death threats or stuff about their family, it's just too much, dude. And like you said, it's just a bunch of people behind the keyboards that – they're definitely never say it in person. And yeah, that's a problem with uh online social media, right? Like you can't really stop that because most of them are spam accounts, even they don't have the real names and all that. So yeah, it sucks. Uh, Mark McKenzie, hope uh, that, you know, you're able to bounce back from that. Now in regards to his playing, I think that's re- one of the big reasons why he started versus Costa Rica to kind of, you know, a united stance against it, which is fine, I agree with. But I, I-, I definitely think, He's not up to par in our in our back four, and our entire back four isn't up to par minus uh, one player, Serginio
0: Dest. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I think it was a first statement, and I'm cool with that with all things considered. And uh, obviously, when it's a 4-0 four, four, game, you know, everybody plays good. Um, so I really didn't notice anything he did in that game, really. But, you know, in terms of um, the previous games, yeah, I don't think he should be in the start starting lineup. That being said, OB, um, we've seen a couple of different looks at the U.S., different players coming in. Um, in your opinion, at this point in time, what is your starting 11?
1: All right. So at this point in time, so um, USA, listen up. You guys need me as an assistant coach. Um, so I go Ethan Hor- Horvath right now. Ooh. You know, I think he deserves a start. I think he gets more consistent minutes than uh, Zach Steffen, and uh, he came on and showed it. Um, Really good goalkeeper. Maybe still needs to work with his feet. I think, obviously, he can hit a longer ball, but we'll see if he's able to play short. Back four, Seginio Dest. I say Walker Zimmerman. I don't actually have another center back pairing. I still don't know who it would be. Um, Maybe Miles Robinson. Um, but we'll, we'll see. And then the left back for me is Antoine Robinson in the midfield. I'd be playing a four three
0: three. Um what? Anthony Robinson.
1: Oh well, same thing. Um four three three in the midfield. I'd go holding mid, Tyler Adams in front of him, Eunice Musa and Weston McKenney and then up top the three. I would either go Gio Reyna or Timothy Weya on the right wing. Um, on the left wing I go Christian Pulisic. And then starting as a number nine, I would actually go Brendan uh, Aronson. Um, I think I got his name right. But Aronson, I think he should play as a false nine, kind of how Pep Guardiola used Lionel Messi back when, then. Um, I think he's fantastic. Have him just give him the, you know, the green light to kind of move all over the pitch and create. When he was on the ball versus Costa Rica, obviously it, it, it's not a... High-level opponent, but I think he did a lot of great stuff, just kind of moving everywhere that he needed to. And he's a different like type of player that will actually take players on and has the ability to do it. But not only that, he he's smart enough to make runs in behind the back four, and I think that's what we need, somebody to kind of stretch him. So a lot of uh, good talent at the nine position right now, I think. You know, you have Daryl DK, Josh Sargent, but I would go Aronson. What about you?
0: Uh, well, you pretty much just took everything I was going to say, so thanks.
1: Yeah, right, dude. I sent this text uh, earlier in the week, so David <laughs> just copied it and was like, oh, that's my starting 11.
0: Yeah, actually, there there really isn't much difference. Um, yeah, I had Ethan Horvath. I had Sergio Dess. I still had Jonathan Brooks in there. Uh, I, I think it's, uh, it's up for grabs, though, but for now, he's still a starter. I do have Walker Zimmerman, um, but again, obviously, I'd love to see Miles Robinson in there, but he hasn't had a chance to play for the national team yet. So we have still yet to see it. So that's why he's not in my starting. Um, and I do have Anthony Robinson as well. Obviously, you can switch to Sergino Odessa on whatever side you want. I got Tyler Adams, McKinney, uh, Eunice Musa too. Um, but I wouldn't mind seeing Legette in there either to give us a different look at some point. Uh, obviously, Pulisic's a lock. Gio has a lock. Um, but I do like Timothy Weah as well. Um, and then, the num- you know, the number nine, I have Jar Sargent in there just because he's been the one playing the most. We've seen the most of everyone else. You've kind of seen him in bits and pieces here for maybe 15, 20 minutes here or in a friendly that wasn't that important. So Jar Sargent is the only one we see seen on a consistent basis play in actual like real games. But again, I love the competition um, we have. Like you mentioned, we have DK. We even JC's artist still out there that could do something. Harrison. Um, cause it's, a, it's, a uh, those, the, 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 forwards and the, and the defensive, uh, the backs, except for Sergio Des are all up for grabs. So it's whoever wants to step up and show that they have it.
1: Yeah. So pretty similar. Uh, we have a lot of great minds think alike, but we just have a s- small disagreement as the nine, but we'll see. Um, David, speaking about Mexico, they played Honduras Duda's zero, zero draw, Look, one thing I'm going to say is...
0: In front of 70,000 people, too. I know.
1: I know. That's crazy. How embarrassing. But, I mean, USA struggled with Honduras, too. And don't get me wrong. Mexico and USA should be able to, you know, walk through these teams because of the resources that are in each country and, you know, the the leagues and everything. But I think you got to give credit where credit's due. The CONCACAF is raising their level. I'm not saying it should be that close. But they're definitely not going to get blown out as much as often anymore at least the higher teams like uh, panama honduras um costa rica teams like that um but we'll see Uh, obviously mexico should be winning those games at least 2-0 or at least just winning um but i I definitely think you got to give credit what credit's due i think the conca cafe is getting a little bit stronger um but tata yeah Mexico media is very harsh, and I I think uh, there's probably a bunch of people calling for his name now. You know, lost to USA and then fo- follows it up with a 0-0 tie. I think he has a lot of pressure at the Gold Cup.
0: Yeah, it's funny because at any time you're a Mexican coach, as soon as you lose to the U S., you're immediately under the microscope. Like you can be like Brazil, Argentina, but you lose to the U S. Boom, you're you're in the hot seat. I think I think if he doesn't win the Gold Cup. Could be fired, dude,
1: just because of the, the way the Mexican Federation works.
0: Yeah, I mean, you're right, and I think it's true, too. And that's going to be a tough one, too. And I think now, the they, they, I mean, the Mex- Mexico, like they have a lot of young players, too. Um, but the U.S., they've, they have a lot of young players that haven't played a lot together, and we haven't had our starting lineup. So now that we've had this experience, I think it's just going to make us that much more deadly in the Gold Cup.
1: Yeah, it's going to be interesting with the Gold Cup to see. C- how many players actually stay behind from the European base because obviously they're going to be starting preseason and stuff like that so we'll see if it's more MLS based or European um but yeah staying on the international topic the US women's national team had a couple friendlies uh they beat France 2-0 beat Portugal 1-0 and beat Jamaica 4-0 you know who who is a uh, one of their top performers is uh some players from Gotham FC our beloved team David mm-hmm. give them the shout out they need
0: yeah, Carly Lloyd, who everybody knows, um, and Margaret Proust. Um, so, the Gotham SC player players getting it done for the national team for club and country, baby. But, um, US women doing what they do, um, co- continuing to win. Uh, they make it look easy sometimes. Um, but they do have some other uh, friendlies coming up. We got, we got Nigeria, June 16th, in two days. Uh, Mexico, twice, July 1st and July 5th. And then we will have the Olympics starting. Uh, which will start off against Sweden, July 21st, New Zealand, July 24th, and then Australia, July 27th.
1: About to win another gold medal. Let's go. Let go. Yeah, and uh, kind of now moving on to the rest of the world, David. Super League. Man, aren't you tired of hearing about the Super League, man? <laughs> Let us know what happened now.
0: Um, yeah, so it's just it, like it keeps getting worse for these players. Uh, uh, clubs especially the Premier League clubs so the premier League teams have agreed to ba- pay a combined uh 22 pound uh 22 million pounds sorry uh, for I'm not joining used the to saying goals. that I know I say pound in a different way um but <laughs> it's supposed to be like a good faith gesture to help I guess soccer I don't know if it needs to grow but whatever so uh, they're and so they're they had to pay this after everything that's gone all that crap they still have to pay millions of dollars for joining the stupid league um and then they also had to pay a withdrawal fee because they signed a binding contract for three years so that fee the owners are agreeing to pay which they better because at that point you're like we spent all this money and we would even get we could have got like a top player for this much money
1: do you do you know what that fee exactly is
0: uh, no, it was, I didn't see it. So um, I think it's just undisclosed. So just,
1: just like the rest of the Super League, everything's shady, keeping it under wraps. But yeah, it seems uh, we'll see what happens. Uh, UEFA um, postponed their investigation and seeing kind of what's going on with Barcelona, Real Madrid. And I think Juventus are still one of the teams in it, right? Supposedly. So we'll see. Hopefully it just goes away. Um, but we'll go on. Uh, guys. Lots of international soccer going on at the moment. The Euros have started. Copa America started. And then the Gold Cup obviously comes up. So, David, my question to you is, are you actually more excited about Copa America or the Euros? And the Euros 2020, just, just so you understand, they want to keep the Euros 2020 on it, which I think is dumb. They should just put 2021, but it is what it is.
0: Yeah, I don't know the reasoning for it. Maybe it's just to keep count of the years because the next one's – well, they have it every four years, so I don't know. Um, yeah, I'm definitely more more excited about the Copa America. Um, and I don't know if it's obviously because we're biased because obviously where we live, you know, we're close to proximity. We're also Latinos, so, um, you know, obviously we've got that connection. Um, but, you know, putting that aside, for, you know, for some reason there's just uh, – there's more passion that feels like it erupts from these games. And um, that just, there's just more intensity um, on the field to me. Uh, do you feel the same way?
1: Yeah, 100%. Like, don't get me wrong. I don't think, you know, well, there's some national teams that can hang in Europe. But it's just, you know, we love the CONCACAF for what it is. The feiciness and just the chippiness, the dirtiness. The bowl is that on kind of like steroids in the sense of like they're a lot more feisty. Well, all their teams are, right? They're a lot more chippy. They try to fight for every reason. And then the difference is, and not trying to knock the conca caf is, those players have a lot of talent, right? So it's not only that, but the individual talent that those countries have, even like the Venezuelas, the Perus, or the, uh, the world, Bolivia even, you know, comes up at times. It's good. And I, the reason I'm more excited about it is because every game is is a huge game like we we just finished watching Chile versus Argentina you know that was a good game a lot of back and forth a couple chances Argentina should have won it but what I'm saying is it's any team can be any team and you you have a chance of the bigger names playing each other first Um, now in the Euros you do get that for example the group of death right Portugal Hungary uh, Germany and France which kicks off Tomorrow, Tuesday, or if you're listening to it on Tuesday, then you listen, you watch them then. But I I do think, you know, sometimes you get, you know, big country versus a country that really shouldn't be there in the Euros. But that's why I'm more excited about the Copa America and uh, hopefully it lives up to the hype. The the crazy thing was, is that they were supposed to have two teams from, uh, I believe, Asia, Asia continent, you know, um, to come join them this year. But because of the whole COVID and the World Cup qualifying, how to get pushed, moved up. Then those teams didn't happen, and it's kind of messed with the whole Copa America seedings, right? Now is not even gonna play in this first like couple of days. They're not playing till like Friday, I believe. So it's pretty crazy what you know what has happened.
0: Yeah, and that, that and that crazy thing is obviously because we don't have the guests, There's only ten teams, and usually they have twelve, and they go down to eight. So now you're you're playing all these games just so two teams can get eliminated. Um, so it seems like a lot of work over nothing, um, but whatever it, it is, what it is. Um, but yeah, the Copa America, you know, it got off to a, a good start. Uh, Brazil already looking good against Venezuela, but obviously we know Venezuela's in, uh, one of the top teams in Combo. Um, I was kind of glad not to see Joseph Martinez in the end, cause obviously you don't want him getting hurt. Um, it would have been cool to see him on the field and potentially get a goal, but, uh, they were just getting dominated by Brazil, and they just needed more goals that finally came in the, the later of uh, the second half. Um, and like you mentioned, we just got done watching uh, Argentina the tight one on Chile. So um, obviously, like I just mentioned, only two teams are going to get eliminated. So obviously, Argentina going to make it through. But uh, man, do you still think this is uh, this is Messi, Messi's Copa, or you think it's still kind of in, in question? <sighs>
1: um. I think they created enough chances today versus a top contender. So, yeah, I think um, they're finally going to win. I think they, they said it's been 28 years since Argentina has won a you know big-time tournaments, And I think it's their year, and I'm really hoping they get it done. Um, what are your thoughts on it?
0: Yeah, I mean, it's always – it's one of those things like uh, – you know it's so early; it's hard to tell. And obviously, it's Chile, so they're no slouch. They've obviously won the Copa America twice in, in recent times. So um, you know it is what it is. It's they're going to make it to the next round, and then that's when the real it's time to really show up. Yeah. Um, but so later on we, today, we got Paraguay that's going to play against Bolivia. They haven't played yet. We will get to see uh, Miguel Almiron again, and now playing for Newcastle, where he's just uh, parking the bus for the majority of the game. <laughs> um so mijo I just you know, what I mentioned only two teams are going to get eliminated Tommy or two teams that aren't going to make it out of the groups
1: Well I think so it's one team from me so um it's Brazil Colombia Peru Ecuador and Venezuela I don't see Ecuador getting out of that group and from group B Argentina Chile Bolivia Paraguay and Uruguay I don't see Bolivia getting out of that group do you agree
0: Uh, I actually don't believe that Venezuela will get out. So that's the only difference. Bolivia, for sure, they're not going to get out. But I have Venezuela, You have Ecuador. But they have the same colors, so what does it matter?
1: (laughs) True that. You know know what's an an interesting thing that they were mentioning in the Argentina uh, game is that Argentina is not staying in Brazil because of everything with COVID and that they don't believe they're going to be able to, like, uh, restrict keep everybody safe so argentina is in a hotel that nobody's able to go in and out other than the players obviously staff so like they're in a bubble and they're in argentina so they're going to fly in and out per game so it's going to be interesting on the legs you know how that one goes
0: yeah man that's 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 pretty crazy it's crazy times we live in
1: yeah so yeah that's uh what's going on the copa you want to go over the a tragedy that tragic aspect that happened in the euros over the weekend.
0: yeah so um, ob- uh, obviously everybody knows in the Denmark uh, Finland game um, Ericsson, um, the, you know the ball was thrown into him from the throw-in and he when he comes up to the ball he just he just falls flat on his face and uh, so he he pretty much had a cardiac arrest um, so you know like a heart attack um, and they had a they had to perform CPR on the pitch and the good thing with the the, the players is they made it around him. So the team couldn't see, but um, thankfully um, he's fine. He's, he's talking, he's okay, but definitely a scary scene. You can see both Denmark and uh, the Finnish team were um, really distraught over it. And the way the fans reacted to was, it was just the whole world came together for him. So you love to see that. That's why it's a beautiful game on and off the pitch.
1: Yeah, definitely a scary moment. Well, they actually had to revive him, right? He, he technically died, and then they revived him and yeah. brought him back. Um, the and cardio, it's crazy
0: because, the, you know, you think that these are athletes at the top of their game, so you don't think stuff like this would happen to them. But, you know, you just, you never know, right?
1: Yeah, um, it, it's it's crazy. You know, we're praying for him and his family. It's It's definitely intense in the sense of, I know the former, I mean, not former, I know the players did a great job in, you know, circling it up but the camera should have moved off like they shouldn't have been on him you you know what I mean um it's it's not something that you should be showing I know at first you know you don't know what's going on so you want to uh kind of find out but once they figured it out I think they got to move the cameras off um and it's going to be a rough one because cardiologist says that you know he's not going to play professional again and I mean After something like that, I don't I don't even think you would want to play uh, professionally because you have to take care of, you know, your heart and everything that's going on. So it's definitely a tough one. Now, here's the thing is both the national team and the club team failed to pick something up on physicals. So, I mean, obviously, you don't want to blame fingers or anything, but that's the whole point of all these physicals and medical checks all the time is to try to help these players figure something out like this. So that way they don't have to go through it.
0: I think that you can run as many tests as you can, but I just, sometimes things just happen. Like when someone has an aneurysm, like it's pretty much impossible to tell when it is like it, when it shows up. So I don't know. I, I just think it's one of those freak accidents that just happened, dude.
1: Yeah. Um, but wishing him the best. Hopefully he's able to recover. I think it was messed up by for to make that game finish out. Should have been finished yeah. out at a later date.
0: So Schmeichel, the keeper for Denmark, um, said that UEFA gave them three options. It says finish the rest of the game, finish the game two days later, or forfeit three nil to Finland. Um, so there's a little bit of controversy there, um, and they ended up finishing the game, and obviously Finland won 1-0. And I keep in mind, Denmark a penalty that they missed, so it's not like they didn't have their chance either. Um, and if you look at the shots, dude, it was like 22 shots uh, to like, I don't know, like six, I think. So... <laughs> um, But, I mean, what what, what else are you supposed to do? Uh, Like, I mean, what what are you supposed to do to that?
1: Well, I would have just finished the game two days later, but obviously Denmark opted to play that game. So um, it is what it is. But, yeah, hopefully he's able to recover and, you know, get back to life. Yeah,
0: exactly. Um, But moving on for some news around um, the Euros, um, England wins 1-0 against Croatia. So, OB, is is it coming home?
1: Definitely not, dude. They're. (laughs) So it, i a game, too, dude. You don't even like to watch it. I mean...
0: With, uh, with, no, all, cr- those, with all those big names, too. Just,
1: I know. Just don't give them set pieces and you'll win the game. I mean, it's that easy.
0: Ooh. Yeah, and um, I'm kind of rattling off just some, some you know, big things I took away from the Euros. There wasn't really a lot of upsets on the Netherlands. Um, unfortunately, um, Frank De Boer was able to get a win, but they were... Spain and Sweden tied 0-0. So, obviously, there's a lot of... Um, you know, attention around Spain, them being former champs and all. Um, so, you know, uh, it is what it is uh, coming out the gates. Um, anything else that uh, you noticed that kind of was odd or maybe an upset that you think some, uh, should have went a different way? Uh,
1: a lot of questions are going to be asked of Spain, but I watched the game. Spain created the chances. They just don't have that killer instinct yet. Um, so I think they'll be fine and they'll bounce back. But, that, yeah, that's about it.
0: Yeah, and we have some. uh, We got some big game tomorrow. Germany versus France. So, you know, you always like every time you have big countries like that, you're hoping it's a great game. But sometimes it's a dud. But hopefully, you know, it's it's a it's a good back and forth game. Um, We also got Portugal versus Hungary. Get to see Ronaldo. So, uh, you know, everybody loves seeing Ronaldo.
1: Yeah. In other words, I'm not getting anything done. (laughs) I'm gonna be sitting in front of the TV. Um, David, let's talk about our beloved Concacaf qualifying. No, right, uh, no vamos al Mundial, dude.
0: Are you ready for my rant? Let's go.
1: Give us a okay, give so, us a uh who is it? A Taylor Twin rant, dude. About Guatemala.
0: Yeah. Here's my rant about what you know what really grinds my gears? <laughs> this is um,
1: unacceptable, okay? A, a country that's been playing football we for so many what years. Are we doing? we produced one of the greatest strikers in the world, Pescadito <laughs> Ruiz, and this is what we get? We cannot beat Curaçao. <laughs> Unacceptable, <laughs> embarrassing, embarrassing.
0: So it's, it's funny. So, you know, I, we, we were watching the game and uh, the uh, Atlanta Hawks were playing uh, the same time, too. So it's funny because we were, we kind of had two TVs running. Um, and because the Hawks started first, we kind of had the Guatemala game on the lower screen. All right. Say whatever you, you want about that. But it, the thing is, fake fans. it wasn't until it wasn't until into the game that we started talking and we're like, bro, I think this is only a one leg like one one-off game because the whole time i'm thinking like okay we still got the second legs with every team so this game isn't the end of the world and as so as like it's weird like it, it went from zero to 100 where it was like oh you know it's all right to like oh my god this is a must-win game but we're not going to the world cup
1: well not even the world cup the next round of world cup qualifying. the next
0: yeah you're right the next round of the of qualifying so um obviously as the time ticked away um, you just, I got like, you got more and more nervous. And then obviously when we lost the depression just kind of, kind of hit me out of nowhere. I don't know if it was the same to you.
1: Yeah, definitely. I mean, the reason we we're under the impression of two games is because that's the way the original format was, except with COVID, they changed it. And obviously they didn't really make it public. Um, cause you know, for, that's the hard thing about these qual- pre-qualifying games is, They don't really put much out about the formats, and so it's hard to find news on it. So, yeah, we found out. And then, um, basically, we were tied on goal difference, tied on points with Curaçao, tied on goal difference. The one difference was Curaçao had one more goal in favor. So we had 14 goals, zero goals against. They had 15 goals, one goal against. And I think that's pretty insane because we didn't get scored on the entire time, and we don't move on to the next round.
0: So that's that. This that's where my my rant comes in because I'm not saying Guatemala is better than better than Curacao because obviously they virtually did the same thing, but if you you have to have the 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 point of Concacaf and the reason why we've always had the hex and all this stuff is you're trying to get the best teams in Concacaf possible. That game deserved a second leg back in at the Bateo Flores in Guatemala, Uh, and if it would have played out the same then fine, you know, Curaçao goes through on the goal differential. But it pretty much ended up – the The outcome was who can beat the crap out of the crappier teams the, the most. And that's not a way that a team should be chosen and in go into the next round for qualifying for the biggest tournament in the world, you know?
1: Yeah, and, and, and going off of that, we didn't get scored on by those teams, and Curaçao did. So, I mean, it is what it is. Guatemala obviously should be able to beat teams like that if we want to go for the World Cup. Guatemala has never been um looks like we're gonna have to hold off until 2026 hopefully with the new instead of three and a half in the CONCACAF now we're getting six uh automatically qualified so hopefully Guatemala is able to qualify and um we'll see how it goes
0: yeah I mean it sucks um but you know hats off to Curacao um I think Guatemala pulled the short end of the stick because I do think I do think Curacao is a good team, and they have a chance to still go to the next round. So um, here are the 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 next uh, the teams that uh, it's funny that we got eliminated. and They already played the ne- the first legs of the two leg series for the next round. Um, so the we have playoff Saints, round. The
1: knock like it's a playoff to get rounds. to the uh, octa. Uh, I can't octagonal. even octagonal. I can't even say that. Yeah.
0: So it's not a hexagonal anymore. It's octagonal now. There's already. Uh, five teams uh, waiting, Mexico, uh, the U.S., Honduras, Costa Rica, and let me see. I want to say Jamaica
1: or Canada? No, did I, did I say Honduras? Yeah, yeah I you know. said Honduras.
0: Oh, yes. Yes, Jamaica. My bad. Uh, Jamaica. So um, these are the – and they already played the first legs, but you have St. Kitts and Nevis uh, against El Salvador. El Salvador already won the first like 4-0 in St. Kitts, so that one's pretty much done and dusted um haiti lost 1-0 to canada at home so you obviously favor canada but still pretty close and then panama beat curacao 2-1 in panama so they obviously are going to have the return lane curacao so that's going to be a big one and um all the second legs are tomorrow so uh (laughs) things are moving pretty quick so uh, yeah at at the end of tomorrow night we're going to know who's in the final eight
1: it's an interesting one that curacao was able to tie panama right panama at is one of the stronger teams in the CONCACAF. And I mean, give no, them respect. Panama one, two, one. No, I know. Oh, sorry. I said sorry. I meant score on them and give them a good game. Oh, yeah. Um, it's That's it's definitely an interesting one. I, w- I would have thought Panama, because I was scared, like, if Guatemala went through, we were going to have to play Panama. Um, but yeah, Curacao's looking like a stronger team. And uh, I think their coach is actually a pretty established coach. So good. And hats off to them.
0: Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't mind uh, seeing them go through. I don't have any animosity towards Curacao. It's just the the format, the the way they did it, I think it's really crappy. And um, some notable teams that were knocked out, um, you have uh, Trinidad Tobago that obviously knocked out of the, the U.S. out of the World Cup, and now they're out this early. Um, and You have uh, Nicaragua, who was also a, a Costa Rican team. I mean, not Costa <laughs> Rican. Central- uh, whoa, whoa, a Central American team that got knocked out. So, Guatemala, you know, the biggest team to get knocked out. Um, well, Trinidad, too. But, um, yeah, whatever. We'll move on. We'll have to wait another uh, four years.
1: Moment of the week, David.
0: Patrick Shit. Schick. Schick. <laughs> Schick. 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 Yeah. I have to be got, got we got Fuchs and we got chic. Hey Sheik. Dude, I can't imagine those poor announcers. <laughs> um, if <laughs> <laughs> my dad's um, listening to this. I enunciated uh, <laughs> the names, okay? Yeah. Um but he he's the goal of the tournament so far. It's probably going to be the goal of, of the tournament, man. I don't think anybody could top that, but he scored a goal from, uh, did he even, what, halfway? Yeah, maybe as a, a banger. A yeah, um, and I mean, he, he, he curls it, chips the keeper, half-heels, scores a goal for Czech Republic, um, and it's just an amazing goal. Um, sometimes you just got to have the audacity, um, the Zlatan Ibrahimovic gene to just pull the trigger and let it rip.
1: Yep, agreed. Agreed. It's well done. Uh, probably might go down as goal uh, of the tournament. So we'll see. And for the dud, David, who do we give it to?
0: We're giving it to Charlotte FC, man. You gotta make a. You gotta make a good start to your your franchise, and you gotta make the the, the your your supporters welcomed. And um, you know, having ticket prices like that, I think that's a bad message. Um, and obviously, I want them to succeed. So hopefully. They do something else, um, maybe a credit, maybe, do something, man. Um, but, yeah, yeah come on, come on, Charlotte. Yeah, see. I
1: agree. You, you know, a lot of times you got to give some free things away to, you know, get more money in the end. So we'll see. But, hey, it was a great week. Loads and loads of soccer that we unloaded here and more and more to come. Um, it's going to be crazy because now we're going to have the MLS returning. We're going to have Euros still. Uh, Copa America, but stay tuned. Make sure you guys reach out. Let us know who you guys think are gonna win both of those tournaments. And uh, as always, stay classy, San Diego. I, I mean, uh, what? <laughs> um, we love it, guys. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter. Reach out via email info at theSundayFootball.com. As always, guys. Thank you.
0: Peace. Peace out. you sexy, people. It's been real. It's been fun, but it hasn't been real fun. Thanks for tuning in. Be sure to check us out weekly. As always, if you have any questions, feel free to reach out via email or on any of our social media platforms. Bye. Have a good week.